Hey, welcome back everyone. This is Essen Reza from Century 21 in Innovative Realty and we are now at episode number 14. And today's going to be a good one because I've got my good longtime friend Zishan Sheikh who is a founder and lawyer, principal lawyer at Prestige Law and he specializes in immigration real estate law. And we're going to get him to talk about immigration newcomers to Canada. How can you come to Canada? You know, what are the different ways to come to Canada? And after that, we're also going to discuss when you do come to Canada, what are the best ways to look for a property, whether you're renting or buying. So thanks, Isha, for coming on the show. Really thanks, appreciate Essen. it. Thanks, Essen. It's a pleasure to be here. I know this has been a long time coming. We've been talking back and forth. And yeah, just to yeah. kind of give the uh, <laughs> the audience a bit of a background. So we, we go way back. Like I know you from childhood and it's amazing right. to see your... Uh, career because I've been following it for quite some time and yeah same here as well seeing you uh, yeah and and I remember like 10 years ago when we both first got started Mm -hmm. I was in real estate I'd call you about real estate and you'd Mm -hmm. call me and you'd tell me that you're doing your studying for your uh, for your law exams and whatnot and it's great to see where you are right now thanks I appreciate that so congrats on that and it's good to see what you're doing and how you're informing the community keeping them well aware of all the latest uh, current events the real, the real estate Appreciate market it. and it's 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 very informative thank Appreciate you it, man so yeah. before we get to all the technical questions just want to kind of get a bit of a background about yourself how did you get started in the industry <laughs> and uh, what were some of the struggles that you went through so you put me on the spot years? here right i wasn't expecting that yeah. but okay <laughs> uh so as as i mentioned bro longtime friends i my my name is Zishan Raza Sheikh and uh, i was born and raised in Surrey Ontario so which is about 3 hours southwest from uh, Toronto and uh, growing up, then we later, uh, my family later moved to the big city, Toronto, for more opportunities for colleges, universities, and a better, you know, employment perspective, right? So when I came to Toronto, then I met SNL, obviously, when I came as a child. And then uh, I wanted to do something in which my parents, you know, I want, because they came as immigrants to this country, and I wanted to make them proud at the end of the day, right? Just like any, you know, children of any immigrants that they, they realized the struggle that their parents had endured, you know, coming here with literally nothing. My dad, my father came here with not even a single dollar in his pocket. Didn't speak a single word of English, but today his son is a practicing lawyer in Toronto, right? So this is this is the Canadian dream, right? So this is that's a little bit about me. And I went to law school in the UK, came back to my accreditation exams, you know, then I wrote the bar and then, you know, I'm here, you know, now having my own law practice in Richmond Hill, Ontario, where I specialize in immigration law. I also do real estate and business law as well. So, and, and as Essen mentioned today, we'll be speaking about uh, the immigration uh, impact on the real estate market, so. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. I mean, that's yeah. a story that I can relate to as well because my parents came in 1990 mm-hmm. and uh, it's been almost 30, mm-hmm. geez, 30, 32 years now wow, <laughs> in wow, Canada. Wow. So time flies, but even my parents, like they came here, um, not a lot of money in their accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad basically left his family. Yeah. And when I go back and I think, you know, is that something that I would be able to do? I don't know if I'd be able to no, do that. No, no. But, but what they did was huge yeah, for us. Yeah, and for and us, now we're yeah. sitting here, honestly. And now our children will reap the absolutely. benefits, right? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So so that's going with the theme for today's topic when it comes to immigration. We're both immigrants. You know, we're, we've been here and, and we're, we're prime examples of, of how you can settle into Canada and get your career started. But let's talk about you know, the actual topic now. Now, I know Canada itself is a safe haven for newcomers, immigrants, mm-hmm. because of diversity and culture. Yeah. But just talk to the audience about, you know, why, in your opinion, Canada is still such a popular destination for newcomers. I think you hit the point, and then just in your question itself, where you mentioned it's a diver- the diversity itself is what grasps the entire world. If you speak about Canada, everyone immediately says Toronto or Niagara right. Falls, one yeah. or the other, right? Yeah. Or Vancouver, Calgary, Vancouver, Montreal, yeah. right? And the only reason they're aware 
of these cities, you know, who are, you know, because of this, because of social media, because of movies, because of television, and they see the diverse culture, right? They could see that's how people from all different backgrounds are embedded into society, yeah. carrying on their own lives at the same time, practicing their religions, practicing their customs and traditions, whether they're immigrants from, uh, from South Africa, whether they're immigrants from the Middle East, it doesn't really matter because everybody lives in a wholesome society here. Yeah. Like that's what you that's what you realize here. Everybody lives as one big family. Right. Yeah, the diversity is definitely yeah. there. And, and even now, more so ever, like you have a religion, cultures. Um, I mean, we, we're an example of yeah. you know, where, where we are going to a community, a mosque, where there's so many people coming into the country every single year into our yeah. city. Yeah. And we get to meet so many people. But now <laughs> as these people are coming in, yeah. for those that are watching maybe abroad that are thinking of coming to Canada, yeah. like what is, I guess, a high level, what are some steps that they can take to get uh, or get an application or, or immigrate to Canada eventually? Yeah, that's a great question. So first and foremost, they, they should contact an immigration professional, right? Uh, it's better to make sure that they uh, contact someone who is licensed and registered with either the IRCC or with the Law Society, right? Because what's happening these days, there's a lot of fraud taking place. So you have to make right. sure that you are uh, choosing the right legal professional to help you with your immigration to Canada, right? So that, as I mentioned, if someone does contact an immigration lawyer, they, they should ask them, you know, what are the documents that are needed to start the process, right? right? So the very first thing I would say is that obviously after contacting the lawyer, you should get your documents in order, right? Yeah. You, should go, you should go online yourself, do some research. Then after contacting your legal professional, uh, then you, you should ha have a consultation with him in which he would uh, then request those documents and then he would uh, do a comprehensive assessment, okay. right? And after completing that comprehensive assessment, he would then uh, issue the results as what programs that you can qualify for based on your qualifications. Yeah. So for me, I'm, I'm learning because I, I don't know too much about the immigration system and how it works, mm -hmm. but I've seen people, my friends come, you know, they're either professionals or they're students, but I've always wondered like from a professional standpoint, if let's say you have a background in software engineering yeah. or whatever, you know, doctor or whatever it is, um, how does that work? Is it easier for you to come to Canada? And what is the process for those individuals? No, obviously if you're educated, right? And you have, uh, and you have a decent career, then it, that is much easier to come as a right. skilled immigrant under the federal skilled worker okay. right, uh, program, which is a category of the express entry system. I guess we, we could talk, talk about that a little bit later, yeah. but just going back to your original question, uh, if, someone is, uh, if someone is a software engineer, how can they come to Canada? Yeah. So, or any career, like yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, kind of skilled yeah. worker. We'll, yeah. we'll just use that example yeah, for yeah. now, right? Yeah. So then obviously they would have to, uh, number one, uh, they would have to send in their CV okay. right, to, the, to, the, uh, to their immigration right. lawyer or consultant. Uh, they would have to do an IELTS test, right? Yeah. Which is an English language testing right. exam, right? That they would have to write in their home country, okay. right? Yeah. So that or any other recognized English speaking uh, examination, you yeah. know, cert certification, right? That they could actually send into the Canadian government verifying their yeah. English uh, level skills in reading, writing, speaking, and listening, right? Okay. So this is, it's, 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 it's a band-based system, right? So yeah. overall they would need like seven bands, right? So okay. each, each category has their own bands, like, Right. So overall, as I mentioned, if you have a seven bands uh, IELTS result, yeah. in addition to that, you have you have your CV for your professional to review. In addition to that, you would also need um, uh, your uh, your education evaluation report. Okay. So you would have to submit it to uh, a majority of my clients. Yeah. They either go to uh, they submit their online transcripts to uh, World Education Services. Right. And they charge them a fee. And what happens is that uh, they choose that. 
uh, can, they, there's an option there under West, like where, if they're going to Canada, they could choose the option of saying, yes, I'm applying for immigration to Canada. So therefore I want to know what is the uh, equivalency of my education okay. in Canada, yeah. right? So they would evaluate your credentials and your, your education and, and they, will, they will issue you a basically a result indicating whether okay. your degree is recognized okay. as the same level to that of engineering degree in Canada, right? Yeah. So if it's a four-year bachelor's degree, it should be recognized as a four-year yeah. bachelor's degree in Canada, right? Yeah. So, so saying that, so now you have your now you have your resume, now you have your IELTS test, and now you have your West report ready. So when the report, when the lawyer or uh, the representative uh, conducts his or her assessment of your file, right. then they would uh, calculate your points. They're called uh, it's a Canadian rating score. Okay. So these days the scores is, the cutoff is about 470, 480. Yeah. Because the the draws do take place every three to four weeks and for different programs. Mm. So and that and basically if you meet the threshold and you meet the minimum points and if you're married then you, your your spouse's points are also calculated right. under the same uh, under the uh, same assessment right under because after c completing your uh, CRS assessment then we know exactly where you're standing and how many points you're having right. and maybe some programs have a, a less of a threshold like for example there's also provincial programs okay separate from the federal programs yeah. that have a, that that have a that have a uh, like the minimum threshold right where it's easier to get immigration in those provinces yeah. as, as opposed to under some of the federal programs which require a higher threshold for points right got it got it yeah yeah no there i mean uh, th this this deserves like three or four episodes because there's so much yeah, to talk so about. Yeah, so much to talk but, about. But yeah. I mean, in this episode, we're going to kind of get you a high level idea. So if you have any questions, yeah. obviously Zishan is here to yeah. assist you. Yeah, uh, so this is more like, I guess, a general, uh, very, general. A, a very general discussion, yeah. right? Just so because maybe what we can do in the future, maybe have some Pacific oriented uh, episodes, right? right? Absolutely. Where we could discuss topic by topic, right? Yeah. But this is just to touch on all the general principles of what's taking place, exactly. right? How to come to Canada, like what's taking place in the latest immigration yeah. programs, how to come to Canada, right? And, you know, what are the key uh, points that we could take from uh, take away from this yeah. episode in order to help those, right? We're thinking about coming to Canada, right? right. So just taking to this, question specifically now okay so now if somebody let's say is a software engineer yes. let's use that example again yes. and and they're thinking of coming to canada typically how long is that process going to take from start to finish from a time length perspective yeah so we'll go back to uh uh after the uh legal representative uh completes their assessment uh, after calculating the points what happens is that we create an express uh entry profile okay so after creating a profile, we basically list all your qualifications, right. you know, your background, your information, your family members, your spouse, your children, everything indicate with your, you know, and their education as well. So after creating a profile, we submit this to a express entry pool. Okay. So this is like a lottery based system, right? So yeah. the government, as I mentioned, every several weeks they do a draw. Right. And after completing the draw, if your name comes out, then if your name is chosen, then they, they send you an ITA, an invitation to apply. Okay. So once you receive an invitation to apply, that's like a pre-approval, right? Got it. Got it's like it. A, that's a, 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 that's my language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're applying <laughs> yeah. for a, a, a bank loan or yeah, something, yeah. and you, you okay. get a pre-approval. That's what, that's what basically it. is in simple terms, right? Yeah. They say, look, we validated your credentials. Right. We've we seen what you have. Now, okay, you just stated the, what documents you have. Now they, say, yeah. now they say actually submit the documents that okay. you claim that you have. If you have an IELTS report saying that yeah. you have seven bands overall, or right. if you say that you have an education that's recognized in Canada, then submit the, they said now submit all the proof that we need okay to to show that you meet the necessary requirements right so uh, yeah so after we uh, after you're getting the ITA what happens is that you have to complete the entire application from right. A to Z and then you submit that application right okay 
uh, uh, into the pool, right? Yeah. So the, no, in the pool you submitted the original application. Now you're submit, after you're getting your ITA, now you're submitting directly to the uh, federal government right. now, your okay. application, right? To IRCC, yeah. right? For under, I remember, I remember speaking mostly about the federal skill worker right. program, right? There's yeah. also other programs like BMP and federal tra trade yeah. worker, yeah. but the most common pro uh, program, the federal skill yeah, especially without a job offer, right? Now we're speaking without a job without offer, a job right? Offer, yeah, yeah, just based purely on skills. If someone's a software engineer right. in their home country, and they want to come to Canada, yeah. it's based on the fact that they have experience working as a professional software right. engineer. Right. So this is the, the best and most practical way to come to Canada is to apply under right. the express entry system, right. under, the, under the federal skill worker uh, program, right? Okay. And as I mentioned, so after, after, you, you got, after receiving your invitation to apply, we fill out the, uh, the formal application okay. and attaching all the documents, attaching yeah. the bank statements as well. You need to show proof of funds, okay. yeah. right? So at, at least it needs to have, I think it's about $22,000, $23,000, right? right. You, you need to show you know, at least three to four months of, of a bank statement, right? Yeah. From the time that they issued you the ITA, yeah. right? That, that basically, Tells the government that you can afford Support to yourself. live here yeah, for several months until for a few you, months while you get a job, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Because they wouldn't want you to come to Canada without and, any money. And and, 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 and the, the, the reason and the reason is because they don't want you to uh, ask for social assistance. Got it. That's the main reason, right? Yeah. So they wouldn't want you to request uh, <laughs> social assistance. So therefore, mm. they they it's, it's mandatory for you to have you know a minimum uh, number of funds right before yeah. coming to Canada. It's usually it's about 20 something thousand dollars, okay. right? Oh. For, for a four month bank statement that you have to show or three right. to four month bank statement that you have to show in your account. As long as you're able to provide all these documents, yeah. you're able to pr provide all your education certificates, your, your IELTS results, your rest reports, yeah. your uh, and you, an employment letter to show that you're currently working, right? And right. reference letters from your work to actually show you have the experience that you're claiming to have, right? Yeah. And you need to right after and and as I mentioned, your degree will be certified by West as well, and you'll get. Right. And when they have your employment letters and your reference letters from your past jobs as well as a yeah. software engineer, and that for them they could then verify right that you are yeah. whatever you're, whatever you're claiming, you it's are true, is exactly. true, and you are actually a software engineer working in your home yeah. country, and you have prior experience and right. or and or present experience, and you wish to come to Canada based on these skills, right? right? And so, so would you say that's about a year or six months? Yes, yeah, so, yes. Yeah, sorry, yeah. You, yeah, you asked that question. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so it's it, after after submitting your application, it takes three to four months to get approved, right? Okay. Okay. So the IT itself, the pool, as I mentioned, that you yeah. might have to wait, for, you know, three to four months, right? right? Because it's, it's, it's a lottery based system, right? So if yeah. you don't get selected in the first trial, it might you, be you second, third, second. fourth, fifth, right? So right. you might have to wait three to four months. Like I had people who who had submitted uh, some clients of mine who submitted their profile and. Uh, and but they didn't get uh, they didn't receive their IT into four months later. Right. Okay. Right. And so you may have to wait a while to get yeah. your IT. And then after uh, after receiving the IT, we applied for uh, immigration. And as I mentioned, yeah. even after application six months later, mm. we, <laughs> we 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 got approved. Right. So right. so it takes about yeah. a year in total. Yeah. I mean, even a year like it's not that long if you think about yeah, it yeah because right? it goes by it's very quickly right but you need to, because you need, you need to wrap up in your home country as well absolutely you yeah. can't simply just pack your bags and leave right? so you have so to give notice you may have to sell a house maybe yeah. right you yeah. have to wrap, wrap up your children's education right right whatever you have to do you have to take and that, yeah. that gives you enough time right so and they and even from the time of approval yeah. they give you six months to enter canada got it okay right so they, they realize that you can't come immediately so they yeah. said okay now that you received your immigration you have six months to enter the country right yeah. Yeah, and and so this is this is about the federal skilled worker program, and yes. like you said, um, you don't need an offer letter in Canada yet. Yeah, right? yeah. If you want to apply under a different program, then then obviously, and that, and even if you have a job offer, yeah, that that automatically gives you six hundred points. Oh, okay. So your so, points. Yeah, are yeah, yes, yes. So that's, that's a guaranteed okay. immigration if you have a job Got offer, it. right? So yeah. job offer makes all the difference, and then yeah. you're also able to apply for different programs. As I mentioned, there's also okay. called, other programs called provincial nominee programs. Yeah, yeah. So, 
So basically every province have their own unique uh, provincial nominee right. programs in which uh, they offer uh, uh, opportunities for immigrants to apply to their provinces okay. uh, to fill up any labor shortages or occupation demand categories, right? Yeah. And if you are able to obtain a job offer in any of yeah. these provinces, then you can apply directly uh, to the province. Okay. Not even to the federal government. Uh, yeah, yeah, the province up under yeah. the provincial nominee program. And then what happens is that if you're nominated, you take yeah. that nomination and, and you apply to IRCC for permanent Got residence. It. Got it. Okay. So right? what, what, what is an example of applying through a provincial nominee program? Who would apply for that and, and why would they do that instead of the federal? Uh, because as I mentioned, it's a lower threshold, right? Yeah. And the federal, it's like about close to 400 points, right? I told okay. you the Canadian race called CR, their CRS points, Canadian yeah. rating score. Okay. That's that you typically you need close to 400 points, which right. is like the minimum threshold. Okay. So imagine when you have hundreds of thousands of people yeah. <laughs> applying from across the world, yeah. you want to have as, as many points as possible, right? Got to it. be chosen in the pool, right? So yeah. obviously they will choose those who have the highest points, right? Yeah. As priority, right? So you may have to be waiting a while. So that's why yeah. people, instead of waiting, they apply not you and there's no and there's no rule a uh, hard and fast rule that says that you can only apply for one program you can apply right. for multiple programs at one time oh, at the same time yeah okay. and then you withdraw your application if you get right. selected in any other programs just to right? increase your chances yes to, exactly to exactly in. so you can apply for a provincial yeah. nominee program and you're asking for why would someone apply for a provincial nominee program yeah. because yes if they have a job offer in that province obviously yeah. and they could get nominated even without a job offer if yeah. they have uh, if if they have a work experience in yeah. a, in, in an occupation and demand field Okay. They could get nominated even without a job offer okay. based on their points, right? Based right. on their previous education, based on their spouse's education, right. based on their uh, uh, work experience, yeah. right? And when they total these number of points and yeah. their age as well, right? Like the, the younger you are, the more points you increase, Got right? It. So, okay. yeah, so more chances. Yeah, so the, yeah, yeah if you want to do the assessment, we, that's, what, that's how the assessment is done, yeah. right? For the points. They right. look at your age, right. education. Uh, your uh, English language test yeah. results, right? Your education, like I mentioned, yeah, yeah. and your work experience, right? Right. So all these, all these are calculated and it gives you a total number of points. Got it. So it's all encompassing, uh, yeah. basically, of, of, of those total criteria, yes. basically. So now just transitioning over into another program, which is the work permit. So now you have the work mm -hmm. permit uh, entry, or work permit application. Mm -hmm. This, I believe, is when somebody has. A job offer is that correct yes yes it is so what happens, what's the difference between that and the first uh yes yeah, so, so basically is someone okay a work permit you cannot apply for in canada unless you have a, a valid job offer first okay. and foremost right yeah. so say uh, to get a work permit and, and that is, that's technically true but technically not also not true is if right. you're coming as a dependent okay if for, okay if you're coming as a dependent and your and your spouse has a work permit yeah. you could also if they have a closed work permit you yeah. could apply for an open work permit okay based on their duration of their closed work permit so, right? so technically yes yeah. but one person needs to have a, a job yeah, offer yeah. in order to get to, in order to receive a yeah, work just, permit so just, just to talk what do you mean open or closed work permit? yeah so what I'll, I'll, I'll speak about that yeah. right now so basically and that will that, that relates to the first question yeah. so a work permit, in, so basically, this is a, this, and this question I, I received the, most, the most from clients yeah. from all over the world. They said, how can I come yeah. to Canada on a work on permit? A work permit. Yeah. I, I, I basically say, well, number one, you need a job offer, right? right. So, and uh, basically, uh, and even to get a work permit in Canada, right. uh, what usually you ha what has to be done, if, if someone, if you, to get a job offer, even the employer, even before the uh, client receives a job, or the employer has to issue the job offer and apply to uh, Service Canada, for a labor market impact assessment. Okay. Otherwise called the LMIA. Yeah. Right? If they apply for LMIA, if the employer applies for the LMIA on behalf of their employee and shows that the employee will have a positive impact on Canadian society, yeah. that by having them, they will be able to come and train others. Right. Right? And then 
if the government is satisfied, they will issue a either a neutral or a positive decision okay. with regards to an LMIA. Okay. And if they if they if they issue a positive LMIA, then we, we take that LMIA and then the, there's an LMIA number issued yeah. from from the uh, from Can Service Canada, and we, then we take that number and we apply um, and there, and and we apply for a work permit right. to IRCC for that employee. Okay. Right. And 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 that and that job offer itself is a closed work permit because an an employer is, is hiring you for a specific job. Right. For a specific time and say, I'm hiring you, okay, full time for this job. It's gonna be a one year or two year contract, right? Right. Right. So I'm 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 hiring you for this position. Okay. And you cannot work anywhere else. This is your I I'm exclusively hiring you for my company. Yeah. And I'm I, and I'm inviting you as a foreign uh, as a foreign worker to come yeah. and work for my company, right? For okay. as a foreign temporary worker. Okay. Because everything is temporary, it's not permanent, right? Got it. So Got it. they're called so anyone any anyone who's coming from abroad yeah. under a under an LMIA is called a, for, a foreign temporary wor right. worker. And if and if they do receive a positive, if the employer does receive a, a positive LMIA, yeah. so that's the employer has the first step. They have to complete They've this assessment. They've got to be the ones to ask and, and, and they have an interview actually yeah. with the, uh, Service Canada. Right. Right. Okay. So the service can wants to verify that everything is genuine, and and the employer has to show they actually advertise in Canadian yeah. society as well. Okay. Like we advertise for the job, we could, and they're gonna say, okay, the other candidates have applied. Why didn't you select those? Because they're gonna say, well, maybe they weren't qualified. Yeah. We can't work. We can't find someone who's willing to work at some of our remote locations. Right. On evenings and weekends and nights, for for example, going back to the software engineer company, if someone has a uh, an IT uh, software engineering company that operates twenty four hours, seven days a week. Yeah. And maybe it's based somewhere in Northern Ontario, right? Okay. And they need someone to work as a night supervisor, right? Yeah. For you know, for the evenings and weekends, right? So, yeah. and maybe they can't find any uh, potential employees who could take those positions or fill yeah. those positions, right? Okay. So, the, so that that and that, as I mentioned, that that is a closed work permit, right? Okay. That position is, and if that person is married, yeah, they could call their spouse as a dependent. Okay. And and that dependent can then apply for an open work permit, right? Based on the duration of that closed work permit. Okay. So, there, yeah. for example, if the husband receives the job, the wife could come as a dependent yeah. on an open work permit, and she could find work, and she could legally work, she's a, she could be legally entitled to work in Canada. Yeah. Any job that she she finds, right, based on on the duration of the husband's uh, LMIA. Yeah. I'm sorry, based on his closed work permit. Right. Right. So that's the difference, right, between okay. an open work permit and closed closed work permit is is for one specific job for one yeah. specific time period. An open work permit is right. you could choose to work at any location, any location yeah. right, yeah. for for any you know maximum amount of time, right. Yeah. But in, but then in this but in this example, the open work permit only applies for the duration of of the husband's uh, right right a closed work permit, right. Okay. For that, for example, the wife says that her work permit could be valid for those two years, right? Mm. Until the uh, end of the duration of the closed work permit for the husband's, right? For his yeah. employment contract, right? Okay. So as long as he's working there, you're allowed to work anywhere. But as soon as his employment ends, yeah. you can no longer work. Okay. Your, your employment also ends at the same that time, right? Yeah. Okay. So just to kind of put an example on this, if let's say somebody is living abroad yeah. and they are working in their company and they find a job offer or they find the same work in Canada, and they want to come to Canada for two years, they would apply for a work permit and the employer would basically get them to come into Canada and they would be working in Canada. Is that kind of how it, how it works? The federal, under the federal skill or no, under the uh, LMIA? The, so, wor the work permit application. So, so yeah. they need yeah. a job offer, yeah. right? As a, right, so, okay, so for the LMIA, right? Yeah. Obviously, as I mentioned, this is the responsibility of the employer yeah. to apply on behalf of the employee. Like okay. I'm doing an LMA right now, right? right? So basically we're applying on behalf of the employee, right? Yeah. 
So is, is that what you're asking? Like, no, what, I, what I'm asking is basically if let's say I'm working in, uh, in the Middle East yes, and I want to come to Canada and yeah. I want to just get, you know, just live in Canada for two years and, 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 and do the same job that I was doing there. I would apply for a work permit, right? Is that you how can't, it works? You can't apply directly for work rent, yeah. right? As I mentioned, you need a job offer first, right? right? You need to have an approved LMIA, right? Yeah. No, but what I'm saying is if, if let's say my company also operates in Canada. Yeah, we could. there's also called and, intra-company transfer yeah, as well, Yeah, that's right? what I'm saying, yeah. There's other, yeah. other exemptions as well, right? right? They're called intra-company and they, they could issue a work permit yeah. or even, let's, let's, let's go for another example, like flight attendants, right? People yeah. who are, right, traveling back for the basketball okay. players, athletes, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Artists, musicians. Right. Right. Take, you could take all the, they have to apply for work permits as well, do. right? Okay. But you, okay. don't need, you don't need a job offer for that, right? Because gotcha. they're, already, they're already here, they're, they have, they, yeah. and you just have to inform the government what you're coming for, the duration yeah. you're coming for, right? Right. And as you mentioned, someone has, a, if someone, if there's a, if there is a principal or a parent company in one country, yeah. and they have a subsidiary in another country, right? So they can, it's called the intercompany transfer. They can even transfer. They can transfer. Oh, yeah, 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 based, yeah. you know, to Canada, based on uh, working for the same company, right? right? Applying for a work permit on that on those grounds as well, right? So yeah. technically, I'm I I was speaking from the point where no one has any connections to yeah. Canada. They don't have a, a parent company, Middle East, that also having a company. So when right. we were spot, speaking with LMA, we were just speaking in general context. General, now we're yeah. now we're yeah. speaking more specific to a like. A intra-company intra transfer, right? Got it, yeah. And then we're also speaking about the people who will also come to Canada to have uh, yeah. so-called, uh, you know, gigs, right? That's what they call them, right? Gigs yeah. or assignments, right? Yeah. As I mentioned, different people coming for 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 for, uh, for certain times to right. this country to work, right? Like film crew, right? It's another example, yeah. right? Someone has to come for three or four months. Makes sense. And, yeah. and they have to, and they, have to uh, and they need to direct a film here, right? So yeah. the director is, all the makeup artists, everyone who's right. working here, right? Right. right. They're, they're all coming they're on all temporary work permits, makes right? Sense. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense to me now. That, a lot that. of shooting takes place in BC, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Got it. So let's switch over to students now, right? Yeah. That's a big topic as yeah, well. Yeah, huge like, topic. Yeah. You know, for students coming into uh, Canada and obviously there's, there is a process for that. Mm -hmm. um, just talk a little bit about how a student can come to Canada and study here yeah. and what the application entails. Yeah. First and foremost, they should, uh, if they're if they're looking to study in a certain area, yeah. uh, if they want to go into uh, animation, for example, or if they want to go into uh, 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 what's it called, IT, yeah. whatever whatever industry they're interested in pursuing in Canada, uh, they would first uh, have to go online and research at different colleges, universities, right, for those programs that they're interested in pursuing, right, right. So after you find a program that's suitable for you, yeah. that you and a subject area that you want to pursue. Then you could contact. Then you could apply to directly to those colleges, universities online. Right, right. Okay. And after and 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 after applying to those colleges, universities online, either you could do. Well, we have it. We have people here as well who could help you with that. There's also right. So, but I, I always uh, say to the uh, clients themselves that you should choose your college yourself, right? Because at the end of the day, you have to study there. You have to, you know, yeah. ensure that it meets all your, you know, personal requirements, right? That it accommodates you to. All, you know, for all your needs, right? Some people say, no, I need a college that has maybe a 24 hours library because I, I, I'm i a night owl and I like studying at right. night, yeah. right? So some people, you have to look at the facility. You need yeah. to see what, what, what type of accommodations they offer, like what services they offer that that's in accordance to your needs, right? right. Especially for coming to study, like everybody has their own study habits, as yeah. I mentioned, right? Learning, everybody has different learning styles. So yeah. it's very important for the client or the prospective student to research their own colleges and universities before coming and after finding uh, and as as and the thing is, you can apply to multiple colleges and universities at the same time. Right. There's no there's no rule that says you can only apply for yeah. one at a time, right? So you can apply to multiple at one time. So I suggest that you apply to maybe three or four or five at most, 
to, to any of these colleges or universities in the programs that you're interested in pursuing, right? right? So after, after you, uh, and if you do receive an admission letter, that, that means you could go ahead and start applying for the uh, student visa process. Okay. So I, I suggest if, if someone from abroad has received an admission to any college or university in the program that they're willing to attend, to attend, then they should contact a legal uh, representative, either an immigration lawyer or consultant, right? right? Either online or right by email, they could just Google and they could find a, an immigration lawyer that could help them with the student visa process. Yeah. So what the immigration lawyers do is that uh, every time we, we apply, for someone, we, we, we ensure that we place submission letters on their application, right? Okay. To ensure that we have a strong, solid application. Yeah. We ensure that the uh, that the client has all the necessary documentation to prove that they'll be able to financially support themselves in Canada and that they have a basically a, like a, a, a settlement plan, right? Like what they're gonna right. do, where they're gonna live, how they're gonna afford themselves, where, yeah. you know, if they're gonna, do they have any additional financial support, right? So what we what, what lawyers do is that we ensure that the application is thoroughly completed. Right. That every X is crossed, every yeah. dot, and it's every T is crossed, yeah. and every I and dot. Yeah, uh, something like that. Is, <laughs> dot, yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's crossed. Yeah, we make sure all the, all the, t all the boxes are ticked off, yeah. right? So saying that um, uh, we thoroughly examine every application, make sure it's fully complete. We attach submission letters. Yeah. We attach uh, all the necessary documentation, supporting letters to, to strengthen their applications right. in order for them to succeed. So, and after, and after getting a student visa, they have, you know, then, uh, they can just come to Canada and and they would have to then start attending their classes. And then obviously they would have to look for accommodation too, right? Yeah. So that's another uh, that's another thing Got that it. they need to do, yeah. And, and for someone who's applying from abroad, is there anything that they have to show from their previous schools, uh, whether they're in the Middle East yeah, or so Asia, a, what's the criteria yeah, for that? Yeah, so obviously the universities will uh, request their transcripts as well, right? right? So obviously yeah. either they, uh, their previous uh, institution would have to directly forward them the transcripts, yeah. or they would have to, depending on the college university, whatever rules yeah. or regulations they have, they would ask for their for okay. their educational transcripts, right? In addition to that, they also ask for their IELTS sets. There's, there's, right. there's two types of IELTS yeah. sets. One is general and one is academic. So okay. they'll ask for an academic IELTS result or yeah. an academic English speaking result, right? Okay. Which shows that they have the necessary English speaking skills before prior to coming yeah. English or French, right? Because French is also the national language of Canada, right? Yeah. English or French speaking skills, right? And saying that uh, there's all, but there's also options yeah. of, uh, of doing prerequisite programs before okay. uh, it's called uh, uh, English as a second language, right? <laughs> ESL courses. Yeah. You could do an ESL course before starting your program. That's okay. also another option yeah. in the event that you don't wish. And no, if the college provides an ESL course, yeah prior to you taking your program. Right. So you don't have to write the, the English uh, test prior to coming or nor do you have to submit the results. Okay. So if the college or program includes this in yeah. their part, as part of their uh, as yeah. part of the program, and then you could do the six month course yeah. and then you could start your uh, Okay, your, so there is an option for yeah. someone who maybe doesn't know the language completely yeah, exactly. have that option with the ESL. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it seems to me that the IELTS test is pretty much a big deal across the board for any it, application, it whether it's student or federal skill worker, yeah. right? Because they want to, I mean, they want to make sure when you come, you're able to communicate yeah. and, and get by. I guess that's the whole reason, right? For exactly. That. They want you know, you have the minimum standard of speaking and writing right. yeah. in, in the English language, right? Or the right. French language. Right? As I mentioned, French is a second language in yeah. Canada. So okay. uh, so either English or French, right? So And, and, and not just IELTS, but IELTS is the most uh, widely uh, I guess, uh, use services for the yeah. English uh, uh, based testing, right? Okay. There's one that's called CPLEP as well. So that's yeah. also many people are also using that. So, you know, yeah. some people find that more convenient for them. So right. as long as it's approved and attested by uh, the, the Canadian uh, government, as long yeah. as they recognize it as a recognized English uh, testing uh, 
institution. Yeah. You you could apply, you could use gotcha. that to apply for your immigration programs, okay. right? Yeah. All right. So now that you're, you know, someone's applied to Canada, they're now in the country, they, they've gotten their application visa or a work permit or whatever it is. Um, what are some things that you recommend as a first step that someone should do in the first yeah. couple of weeks or a couple of months yeah. to get acclimated in society? That's a great question. So since we're just speaking about students, let's, let's start with them first. Yeah. Yeah. So students, what they should do, obviously, is that they need to look for accommodation and right. finding cheap accommodation, especially in GTA. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not easy. Yeah. Right. So the best thing to do is, uh, I guess, to find a shared accommodation. Right. right. That's which, a good which point. Is, yeah. So yeah. which is cost efficient, for, especially for students yeah. and which majority of students do when yeah. they come. Right. Yeah. So they try to find a, a place with maybe with people from their own country just right. to make it a little bit more easy right. to transition to Canada. Right. Yeah. So, but or find a place that you know right. that has all the utilities included, right? Yeah. That has Wi-Fi and everything. That all they have to do is basically pay the rent, and that's right. about it. They don't have to worry about any other bills. And maybe they should find one close, and I, and they should find one close to their uh, colleges, universities as well, right? Yeah. So what happens is that you know because if if you're living too far, then it'll make it difficult for you to travel to campus, right? Right. So they should find something either on campus or close to campus that that they could either walk or take the take the bus, right? Yeah. So you need to you need to navigate the the but you need to learn how to navigate the bus routes here, the subways as well, right? So everything is available online. It's actually right. very easy. So that's the best preparation you could do before coming to Canada. Is like, okay. look where you're coming. If you're, if I'm, this is my camp. This is my campus. This is their address. What is the nearest accommodation I can find, right, yeah. for an affordable pricing, right? Uh, that's a good point. Yes, okay. and especially when it comes to other newcomers, right. Yeah. So obviously, same thing. They would have to first and foremost find accommodation, right? right. So when most newcomers come to Canada, it's, it's actually very expensive for them. So obviously. Yeah. They're looking for maybe for some maybe short-term rentals until they find something yeah. uh, suitable. We have Air, Airbnb or there's other private. Uh, uh, there are many private uh, uh, leases available as well for temporary yeah. leases for three to four months. They could find something, have a temporary furnished accommodation, so they right. don't have to worry about getting furniture right away or something. Right? Yeah. They could find something that that could, that's suitable to their needs until they find something permanent. Right. Yeah. So obviously, yeah, they just cope out society. They, and I recommend that people uh, take advantage of all the free social services available. Right. Right. There there's has, a lot actually, yeah, which we yeah. don't know about, but there's so yeah, many resources yeah. out there, right? There are many, many resources people. offered by the federal government, yeah. right? So yeah. there's these resource centers that are available, right? right. To help people with uh, re resume coaching, right? Yeah. Job interview skills, right? It's so, all free by the way. Yeah, free by the way, 100%, right? They yeah. have English speaking language courses as well, right? Yeah. And they have uh, and, and they have programs to help people to integrate into Canadian society, right? Yeah. And then you, and then at these events, you can meet other newcomers as well, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, and and these friendships yeah. could last for lifetimes, exactly. too, right? So yeah. that's why I'm saying you should take advantage of the free. And and when we're speaking about uh, resources, even you can go online and apply for free grants and benefits from the federal right. government, right? Especially for for <clears throat> for newcomers, right? So you all have to do is go online after you get permanent residency. You can start applying for different grants and benefits that apply to that that yeah. you know that are applicable to you, right? Right. So they could get yeah. free money from the government. Wow. So that, that's what we. That's what the best thing to and not just. Yeah. Uh, provincial has different grants, right? Yeah, and and the uh, and the federal government has different grants as well, right? right? So they have to look at which grants that they that are qualified right, right. for. Yeah, right? I I think we've got to have a separate discussion about yeah, the grant yeah, stuff yeah, because yeah. that's something that I think exactly I didn't know much about it either. But I yeah. know a lot of people need information like yeah, that. Yeah, and doing child benefits as well, right? Yeah. Stuff like that, right? So yeah. there's so much to discuss. There's so many. Yeah, like you know, like even in my different uh, discussions with different people as well, a lot of people yeah. don't know the fact that they're entitled to so much that you right. know, and they could right. get so much you know free yeah. help that it's available. Whether it's through resources, whether it's through any financial yeah. aid, there's many, many resources in Canada right. that are offered by the government, right? Yeah. Especially to help newcomers. Yeah, no, that's that's good. And, yeah. and just to kind of talk about now the real estate side of things, when it comes for new immigrants or people yeah. who have their permanent residency now in Canada, it, you know, one of the toughest things that, that I find is 
you know, helping them find a, a rental accommodation that is cost effective because the rental market here is so, so expensive nowadays. But I think one piece of advice that I would give to someone who's new here, who is looking for accommodation is that that first property that you're going to get into, um, doesn't have to be your dream property because right mm -hmm. now you just want to get settled, right? You want to save your money. Um, I think it's a massive mistake if you come to Canada and you're, short on funds and you're going to rent out a very expensive property you know maybe rent out something that is not a three-bedroom but a two-bedroom right or a basement yeah. or, right? or a basement just exactly. to start off right? just to start off yeah, yeah. Just, or yeah. like i mentioned if you're coming alone in a shared accommodation right a shared accommodation like i had an example of, of a family who i just helped out recently mm -hmm. uh purchase a home and uh they were new to canada they have their pr um they lived in the basement for six months it wasn't easy but I think what it allowed them to do was to get settled at yeah, least. Yeah, it's a starting point. It's a starting right? point, exactly. Yeah, and then yeah. and then then after after a year or two, then they could reflect. See, we came together. Yeah, yeah. We started here, and and now we're you know yeah. at a certain position. We have our yeah, own yeah. home. Exactly. We, we're having our own careers. Our right. kids are settled in school here. Right. We're functioning members of Canadian society. We're paying our taxes. Yeah. And they're happy and they're satisfied living here, right? And yeah. everything is you know. Uh, is, is good to go from there, right? Yeah, so exactly. you know, they have nothing to worry about. It, it takes time initially. Any, everyone has to struggle initially coming here yeah. to any new place, right? If you move to yeah. any new country, any new place, a new city, right? Yeah. You initially need to struggle and integrate. It's right? a struggle, yeah. yeah. Right? And, and it was for us because I remember my parents when they came, the same thing, right? I remember when I was four or five years old, mm -hmm. uh, we lived maybe in like a one bedroom. There was no kitchen, there was no laundry, it was just a room. And mm -hmm. I still remember those days, but to see my parents progress the way they did yeah. and provide us the opportunity, yeah, uh, like that's there for everybody. But now just, just kind of going back on the purchasing side now if yeah. you are new to canada and, and you have your permanent residence um you know a lot of people think that you can't buy a property right away but that's not true because you actually can there are lenders out there now that do offer programs for newcomers to canada at very competitive interest rates and the key thing right now is to get the information because people don't have information so they don't make decisions but just understand that you can actually get into the market and again same thing if you know if it's your first property it doesn't have to be the most expensive property. It can be just a, a starting point, a condo or like a one or two bedroom to kind of get into the Canadian property dream. And once you have that, you can obviously next three or four years, you can, you know, upsize down the road. Um, but those are some options that I would present to to newcomers to Canada um, that are coming in and, and are trying to get acclimated definitely, to society. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That They should do everything they can, right? Yeah. Be cost efficient. That's what I suggest, right? Exactly. Especially when coming in. Exactly. Like, obviously, yes, yeah. it'll be difficult. You have to have the initial struggles. Like, yeah. But I think, as you mentioned, it's the progression, right? Right. right. That's the key word, right? So uh, they will progress over time. Everybody does, right? Yeah. Everybody flourishes over time right it'll take maybe one year or two years but after a few yeah. years they should be settled in and yeah everything should be okay yeah. with that time, and, and right? yeah. like you hit the nail on the head it does yeah. take a couple of years yeah. but after a couple of years or three years you know you will be acclimated into society uh it just takes a little bit of time yeah. get used to the cold as well uh yeah. which actually <laughs> when, I, when i talk to new immigrants you know and <laughs> yeah. ask them like how do you find the cold yeah and apparently they all love it for some reason yeah so i don't know why but I, i've been three yeah. years i still don't like the cold yeah. so yeah <laughs> Everyone loves taking selfies yeah, and sending yeah, videos love to, the to their cousins and families yeah, back we'll home. We'll see how right? they feel after five years. Yeah, yeah. Especially driving in that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. But uh, Dishan, thanks for coming on, man. Really no appreciate problem. it. Uh, before we end the show, we are going to hit you up with some more questions, which I didn't Great. inform you about later uh, earlier on. So kind of put you on the spot again. <laughs> Just some more personal questions to you know, kind of yeah. get some uh, your personality out there. So first question is, you know, what is your favorite place to travel? Uh, some place you haven't been before. That I haven't been. Yeah. I want to go to Banff and Calgary. Like, okay. 
it's not in uh, Alberta, right? Alberta, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've never been there. I've never been, but I really, I'm really looking it out, for man. yeah because it's, it's one of the most yeah. Canada's uh, historical and you know magnificent sites to visit, yeah. especially as a tourist, right? And right. Even I was born and brought up here, I never got an opportunity. Right. Even I spent time in Alberta, I never got a chance to actually oh, yeah? visit Banff, yeah, okay. unfortunately. Okay. Right. So this that's one of my, uh, I, I guess. Uh, it's, it's on my wish list, right? Yeah, not bucket list, but hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> I went a couple years ago, and uh, it's, yeah. it's phenomenal. So definitely check yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah, Banff in in Alberta. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I suggest others do that as well, right? Yeah, I heard it's absolutely gorgeous, right? Yeah. So everyone should check that out. Perfect. What's the uh, best piece of advice someone has has given you that resonates till today? Uh, never give up. Honestly speaking, oh, like exactly. I had to struggle myself, you know, because yeah. I, I similar to you, I yeah. came from a family not very financially, uh, you know secure right yeah. growing up and yeah. they, i had to see my parents work day and night and then for even for me like right. when i had to go to study and i didn't have all the best resources yeah. but i literally i i never had to give it i never gave up even yeah. though i was finding many difficulties i was having so many issues yeah right but uh, at the end of the day i, I struggled yeah uh I, and i was i was determined that yeah. to, to 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 find success and then I was able to finally reach yeah. a success. No, I've, right? I've, I've watched, I've watched yeah. you up close and personal. I've yeah. seen your journey. Trust me, we've yeah, talked yeah. over the years. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen that struggle and to see yeah, where yeah. you are now. Like, I, I really applaud yeah, you. Yeah, so and congrats. like I said, thanks. Yeah. yeah. I like I worked very hard. And then I'm like I said, yeah. I'm, I'm a prime example of the Canadian dream, right? Yeah. It's like people ask, why do they come to Canada? Because right. they could give their children a better future, right? Right. The second and third generation, right? right? So like right. I said, our parents, they came, they did the initial struggle. Yeah. And then they were able to, you know, help yeah. me become a, a successful lawyer. Yeah. And then now I could do the same for my children, right? Exactly. And, and that's one thing that you've never taken for granted. So congrats yeah. on that. Thank you. Um, thanks so much, guys, for joining us. If you like the content that we're putting out, just like, share, and subscribe to the channel. And we'll have Zishan's contact information below as well. For me personally, when I'm applying for forms, I don't like doing it on myself because I'm not good at it. So yeah, highly yeah. recommend that you use an immigration lawyer like Zishan uh, because you want to make sure that whatever documents you do submit get done properly or else you're going to be backlogged again. It's, yeah, right? so, not, so one yeah. thing, it's not only about documents, but explanation letters. Why exactly. are we missing cer certain things? Yeah. Like we have to navigate these these uh, complex issues right. very carefully and, and very thoroughly and how to and we need to satisfy and convince IRCC yeah. that you know this person is the right person for this program. Yeah. Uh, in spite of the fact that they're not meeting all the requirements, we still have to satisfy Absolutely. them, right? So with the, with the Loralization, you can be rest assured that you're going to be taken care of properly. And uh, I'm sure you guys will have a great experience. Thanks so much, guys. And we'll see you in the next episode.